and welcome to the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time. together with the Herodians to say, Master, we know that you are an honest man and teach the way of God in an honest way and that you are not afraid of anyone because a man's rank means nothing to you. Tell us your opinion then. Is it permissible to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus was aware of their malice and replied, You hypocrites, why do you set this trap for me? Let me see the money you paid the tax with. They handed him a denarius and he said, Whose head is this? Whose name? Caesar's, they replied. He then said to them, Very well, give back to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. The Gospel of the Lord. Over the last two weeks, we have seen the elders, chief priests and Pharisees constantly question and confront Jesus without success. 
Today, they plot in earnest with a group of Herodians. They have a plan to trap Jesus. The conspirators act like subversive group at a political TV debate, planted to ask some outlandish question that will embarrass one of the candidates in the head-to-head debate. We've all seen it. These men ask Jesus today for a judgment on a particularly controversial topic that could turn the crowd against him. You can almost see the Pharisees twirling their beards and smirking in anticipation and malice. William Barclay, who produces a, a daily study Bible on the Gospel of Matthew, he makes a point about the place of material possessions from an earlier saying of Jesus about no person being able to be the slave of two masters. Now is this behind the seemingly innocent question asked in all politeness? Tell us, is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? There are a couple of principles at stake here. What things belong to God? Are people more or less important than rules? Is good subordinate to money? The situation is political, religious, it's steeped in nationalistic views of an occupying force. But Jesus is not concerned about any of this. First of all, he does something very calmly that will focus attention on the inquisitors. Jesus asks them to show him a coin that they used to pay tax. They were denarius ready, not a shekel. This demonstrates they already take part in the Roman system of wealth. In other words, they have accepted that that currency is legal tender, and by default, they're following the rules on tax already. Jesus simply says, if it has Caesar's sign of ownership on it, give it back to him. By implication, he was also saying, what sign of ownership is there on you? When I was writing this on the kitchen table, my four and a half year old grandson came in and asked if he could use the pen. He took the biro and started very carefully to draw long links of squiggles between the next three lines of the exercise book. It was an obvious attempt at double writing. He told me it was a list of things I needed. I had to give him a hug and tell him how clever he was to keep between the lines, but it it was time for school. I had to rush off. When I came back to the Gospel and looked at the last lines where it's pronounced by Jesus, give to God the things that are God's. And then I realised that In the last analysis, as William Barclay said, all things belong to God. In particular, this means love. The interpretation of this or that law, who you pay tax to, what coin to use, is irrelevant compared to love. And that had been brought back to me by my grandson. Because people are always more important than things. Paul knows this truth and he encourages the Thessalonians to remember that they are beloved by God and that they should continue with their works of faith, labours of love 
and steadfastness of hope and the warmth of this love. This is the life of the kingdom of God. This is the currency of the kingdom of heaven. This is the way of the Lord Jesus Christ when he says, give to God what belongs to God. St. Paul takes us back to the principle that wealth is always a subordinate good. Since everyone committed to Christ has been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Let's look at this sealing of the Holy Spirit. Remember the Roman coin shown to Jesus. It was made with a metal stamp that cut the shape and embeds the image of the emperor and his name and any other inscriptions on the coin. And all this makes it the property of Caesar. Now let's take that forward as followers of Christ. By nature of baptism, we are sealed with the stamp of the Holy Spirit. We're embedded with the image of Jesus. And through faith the Father inscribes on our hearts and souls an indelible sign of ownership. All things belong to God. All people belong to God. All are bearers of unconditional love. All things are loved by God. All things are created through the announcement, through the word of a God that wants to tell us how clever we are to keep between the lines with our efforts of love. We need to be steadfast in our hope in times when we're threatened. Because even way back in the time of the Israelites being in the, the clasp of the Babylonian people, the Lord can use anything. He used a pagan king. He anointed him, gave him a name, gave the surname of Jesus. He claimed ownership so that those people could be made free, go back to the promised land. Aren't we worth more than money, than coins? Are people more important than anything at all? And what was this list that my grandson had for me? I remembered later, but I forgot to ask him about the list because he asked me a question. Why do you love me? And what do you say? You just do. Why does God love us? He just does. <laughs>